Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first podcast about gambling on NASCAR, and we're hot right now. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. We're hot, we're coming out of Texas, and we're going to the perfect place for someone who's hot, Phoenix, because we're going to stay hot, and that's what I'm talking about. Kevin Harvick got the job done for us last week in Texas. We talked about him first when we talked about our list of potential winners that we liked, Going into Texas, and he proved us right, got good value, plus 600, made no sense why he was ranked that or listed that high up, and we took advantage of it. Took advantage of the books. It feels really good. So we will uh, go through a little bit of a recap from Texas. It wasn't that exciting of a race, kind of weird. We'll talk about Texas briefly, then we'll get right into the final race of the, the round of eight right before the championship race it's phoenix second to last race of the season for 2019 we'll get to who we like going into this race we're going to talk about value picks that's the the name of the game this week talk about our head-to-head picks and some top tens and we may even get a cousin greg lock of the week this week i have a feeling it's coming so that'll be what's on the the map and then after all of that my Phil's fired up section, really just about listing. I want to be there for you. I want to let you know what I am ranking as the best sports books available right now in terms of betting on NASCAR, because there's a bunch more and more popping up every day, it seems like. So I'm going to look at a few of those and and let you know which ones I like the best for betting on NASCAR, because that's what we're doing here. And and I need a, a vehicle to be able to do that effectively and, and easily. So we'll get into that at the end of the show and Phil's fired up. But let's take a look back at Texas. Obviously, like we said, Kevin Harvick gets the job done for us at plus 600. It was really good value. Texas was a perfect example of why it's a good idea to get your bets in early, because the guys that I called out as people I really like to win the race, three of the four of them qualified in the top three. So their odds actually shot down and made it less intriguing to throw some money on them. I mean, Harvick put the car on the pole and he went off as the head and shoulders favorite come race day. So it's another positive, checking the positive column to look at who you like earlier in the week, because if you're right, then you're, you really could cash in a lot better than you could later on Sunday or, or you know after practice on Saturday. So very good all around. I was very thrilled to see the guys that we liked up starting in the front. Uh, Harvick, I mean, he just got the job done. He, he really does well at Texas. We kind of saw the writing on the wall. We said if he started up in the top five, he'd have a really good shot at it. He puts the car on the pole and goes out and gets the, the W locking himself into the championship. Everything that we talked about when we went through the the Kevin Harvick segment last week 
came to fruition. I mean, he just showed why he's very good at that racetrack. And looking back on it, it makes total sense that he would win that race. And if I didn't have money on him, I would have been very upset. Looking at some of the other guys, though, um, Chase Elliott. I mean, I feel like this is deja vu from the episode last week. What is going on with Chase? If if there was any chance of you know miraculously pointing himself into the, the championship, that is now officially squashed. Uh, I didn't think there was anyway, but he's officially pretty much dead. I... We're going to talk about Chase because, like I said, I can't quit him. But I don't know what's going on with them. It makes no sense to me that Hendrick Motorsports would have this level of frustration, this level of almost incompetency. Uh, You know, they they just can't seem to rise to the occasion, and that's got to be concerning. I'm assuming that this week they're going to be all hands on deck for that nine team. And we will talk about them shortly because um, I, I like his value this week. But last week and the week before, what's up with them? I, I just don't understand it. Then you had Jimmy Johnson wrecking. I mean, looking at my record, I obviously had Harvick to win the race. Um, I had I went 2-2 two and two last week during the head-to-head matchups. Um, you know, not good, not great. But the Cousin Greg Lock of the Week hit once again, so he remains red hot. And the prop bet for Martin Truex Jr., I nailed that one right on the head. Even though he finished uh, sixth, I believe, he was the best Toyota in the group. So that was a nice little prop bet to cash in on, on top of everything else. So two for two uh, prop bet. And I also hit for Kurt Busch being in the top 10. So really good day at Texas. That's why I'm saying we're red hot because when you're hot, you want to stay hot. And where do you stay hot? You stay hot in Phoenix, okay? Arizona is where the the temperatures are going to rise. And I feel like I've got a good handle on the, the cars this weekend as well. But let's start with some of the track facts, as we usually do. So looking at Phoenix, historically here, 46 races all time, four times, has... The person starting on the pole won the race. Last time was Kevin Harvick in 2015. That was during his stretch of just dominance. Um, starting outside the top 20, 9% of the time, so only four times has that happened. So the winner coming from outside the top 20. The The strange thing, the only thing that's a little off for me is winners coming from the top five. 16 times, that's 35%. That's very low compared to what we've seen recently at these tracks. It's usually up around the 50% mark. And the winners coming from the top 10s 24 times for 52% of the time. So what that tells me is that if you're starting in the top 20, there's a very, very good chance you could win the race. Um, Starting outside the top 20, as always, you know, you're definitely going to have an uphill battle. But typically, we've seen maybe 50% around that number for winners coming from the top five, and then around 75% coming from the top 10. Um, but it's it's lower. So, yeah, qualifying, you know, if you see a guy that you really like starting 17th, throw some cash on him because I don't really think it matters as much as it has been mattering in the past. So go for it. I mean, that that's where we're at. We only got two races left, you know what I mean? Just, just go for it at this point. But starting inside the top 20 is looking good for you at this point. Kyle Busch has won the last two races here. Uh, They reconfigured the racetrack, and I think Kyle has won both of them since they've done that. 
I should have looked that up ahead of time, but I believe that no one has won here other than Kyle since they've done that. And that makes total sense because he's going off at plus 300, the dominant favorite according to the odds. So three to one, big favorite. Kevin Harvick going off at plus 450, Truex at plus 500. So those are the guys that are the top people in terms of the top favorites in terms of the, the books and their eyes. And I'm avoiding all three of these guys this week. Uh, Kyle, for the reason that I just am not going to get the bang for my buck at plus 300, betting on him to, to beat everyone. Harvick, because I don't like the back-to-back winners situation. I also think he's going to take it easy this week in preparation for Homestead. And speaking of Homestead, Martin Truex, plus 500. I mean, I think they have these three guys up at the top because two of them have won already and they're locked in. And Kyle is very good here So recently. So uh, for that value, I'm not going in on any of these guys. Not to say that you know Truex and Harvick aren't going to be trying. They will be. But it's not going to be deep down in their hearts. Like if if gave them some truth serum, they would tell you it's not going to be that big of a deal to them to win this race. So I'm avoiding those guys. Kyle's going to want to win the race, obviously. But for me, the value is just not there. So let's get into some of the guys who I do like this week. And I already gave one of them away. It's Chase Elliott. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Now, I can officially tell you that this is the last time all season that I'll be betting on Chase Elliott to win, whether he wins today or or doesn't. Uh, I am avoiding Chase at Homestead no matter what. So this is the last time I'm throwing money on the nine team. There's good reason though. I mean, I know that his struggles recently have turned people off to it, but I like what I'm seeing here. He's been here seven times. He's got two top fives and four top tens in those seven races. He's got the third best average finish out of all active drivers, 10.1. That's pretty good. And not only that, but he's got the third best driver rating here behind Kevin Harvick and Jimmy Johnson. So Harvick's 110.8. Johnson's a little skewed at this point in his career, but it's still up there, 106.7. Chase is third out of everyone. So he's going off at plus 850. Those are decent numbers for someone that's going off at plus 850. I would imagine if he goes out and qualifies well, then those odds are going to to jump down to like 600 or, or 500. But if he goes out and qualifies poorly, maybe like we said, around you know 10 to 20 range, you might even be able to get Chase at a better value because of his last two races being so dismal. I like him at plus 850. I mean, you can't beggars can't be choosers essentially, and and I like to get my bets in early. So plus 850 is a, a good number for me. Of the seven races that he's had here, he's finished on the lead lap six times. Pretty good. He finished second in this race two years ago, 2017. Not bad. So he's somebody that could go out and get it done. On top of that, I mean, we talked about how you might be able to get him a better value if he uh, qualifies poorly. He doesn't qualify poorly though at this racetrack. His Average starting position is best out of all active drivers, 5.4. That's unbelievable. So looking back at his last six races here, he has started second, second, third, fourth, seventh, and third. Six times in a row, he's started inside the top 10. Very good. So he's if that trend continues, he's going to be starting up front. So when you have a guy who's desperate starting in the front, I feel like 
the odds are there in our favor to throw some money on that team, no matter who they are, no matter, you know, if you're looking at this race in a silo, it makes sense. I'm really trying to convince myself on the nine, and it didn't take me very long in my research to understand that it's worth it. He led 106 laps here in that race that he finished second in 2017. And in the fall of 2017, he led 34. So he's someone who has led up front. He, he has been in the clean air. He knows how to get around the joint. 16 laps led last fall, so a year ago. I like a guy to be able to lead laps who I'm betting on at a racetrack. It's not somebody that's just going to go through the motions. Chase Elliott, plus 850. Lock it in if you can get it right now. I like it. Moving on to another guy who I threw money on last week and it didn't pay out, Denny Hamlin. So I'm going to be taking Chase and Denny just like I did last week. Denny's going off at plus 550. All right. In his last 10 races here, he's got four top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is fourth out of everyone, 11.3. His average starting position is 8.7. So like Chase, very good at qualifying and, and putting himself in position to do well on race day. Finished fifth here in the spring where he led seven laps. His big one was in 2017. He led 193 laps. That race was his, and he ended up wrecking and you know finished terribly. But that's where the, the driver rating comes in. His driver rating is fifth out of all active drivers. So 193 laps led, very good means he knows what he's doing. He's 20 points below the cut line. So he's the guy that everyone's going to be looking to, to see, you know, if something happens to Kyle Busch or Joey Logano, the eyes immediately are going to go on the 11 team to see where they're at, where they're running. So kind of opposite of Chase, where Chase can just throw everything out the window and take risks and go for it. Denny has to win, but Still, if something happens to one of those guys, then a good point stay is still within uh, the game plan for them to point themselves into the championship. So his marching orders are, are pretty clear. You got to go out and you got to run well and just keep yourself in position all day. Keep yourself up in that top five, no matter what. Because if you're in the top five, you have a chance to win at the end of the race. You get a late restart, you know, whatever you need to do. And if you're in the top five and one of these other guys wreck, who knows what could happen. You might be able to put yourself in. So uh, Denny's going to be up there. I'm, I'm betting on him, plus 550. He's the going off as the fourth favorite. So, you know, best value that I see of someone not just head and shoulders um, better than everyone on the, on the books right now. And if you're still kind of questioning – you know, Denny Hamlin at Phoenix, the, the one stat that I've been looking at is, you know, in the last 10 races, that's what I typically look at. But if you look at his average finish in his last 10 races here, compared to all time, it's almost exactly the same. It's, it's right around like 11.3, um, which tells you he's consistent here. That's, that's what it tells me. doesn't matter whether it's early his career or, you know, recently he's consistent at this racetrack and, and, that's something that you can hang your hat on and, and feel comfortable throwing money on plus 550. So lock it in for the 11 team. Now I'm going to get into two people. So got four winners that I'm choosing and locking in on this week. Two of them, I just mentioned, they're in the playoffs, Chase and Denny. Now I'm going to go outside of the playoffs because um, I, I think the values just aren't there for the other guys. So I'm going to go with Brad Kozlowski. 
Brad's going off at plus 1,400. Very good value for someone of that caliber. In his last 10 races, he's got three top fives, five top tens. Fifth overall right now of active drivers as far as average finish in the last 10 races. Uh, So very good numbers there. Seventh best driver rating of all active drivers. He's never won here, but I would say for someone like Brad Keselowski, he's due. Never won is in his career here. He finished second at Phoenix last year, and typically his numbers are better in the fall race than they are in the spring. So you got to try to take advantage of every little statistical detail you can, and I really like that about Brad. So if you're going to bet on Brad at Phoenix, do it in the fall. One of the other things, though, to think about is, or things to note, is that when you look at the odds on the sports books, he's the only non-playoff driver that is ahead of current playoff drivers. So last week, looking at it, it was just they, they took all of the eight drivers that are in the playoffs still and, and made the odds, and they were all ahead of everybody else. That's not the case this week. So they clearly know something about Brad Kozlowski. He's ahead of, in terms of the odds on the sports books, he's ahead of Logano and, I believe, Blaney at this point, so both of his teammates. Um, I'm going to ride with Brad, and there's something to note here which is, I mean, obviously Phoenix has been the second to last race, the, the last race of this round of the playoffs to clinch your ticket to Homestead since they've done this format. Since 2014, every other year, a non-playoff driver wins this race. All right, do you like the digging I did on that one there? Since 2014, non-playoff drivers win every other year. And this is one of those years. So you be smart to throw a little cash on a couple guys who are not in the playoffs because history tells you that this is a race where non-playoff drivers can win the race. So if you're going to do that, why not do it with the person who is ranked, or not ranked, but has the best odds of all of the non-playoff drivers of Brad Kozlowski, plus 1,400, lock it in. Speaking of non-playoff drivers, though, I have to throw some more money down on another guy, and this is one that uh, may take you by surprise a little bit. I don't think I've bet on this guy to win all year, I don't think, on the podcast. And that is Eric Almirola. Starting, the odds came out, and he's going off at plus 3,300. So 33-1 to 1 to win for Almirola. In 10 races here, he's got two top fives, five top tens. So 50% of the time, he's finishing the top 10. That's pretty good. Seventh and average finish, 123 not bad, right? You're thinking Phoenix. You're thinking the big guys. Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex. Well, Eric Amarola is up there too. I mean, seventh and average finish, not bad. Now, one thing I love when I'm looking through the details about Eric Amarola's races at Phoenix, he moves through the field. His average starting position is 21.7. So I just said his finish is 12.3. That's telling you that no matter what, he is always starting further back and he finishes way better than he starts. I like that. It tells you that he's not afraid of a, a rough starting position and he's able to move through, through traffic at this mile-long racetrack. It's it's pretty good. And in his last 10 races, he's got nine lead lap finishes. Pretty good on a track where, you know, if a leader gets going, he could just start putting guys laps down pretty quickly because it's, you know, technically a shorter track. I like that. 
He's got two straight top fives here and four straight top tens. So he's trending upwards at this racetrack. He's a great value pick. I would imagine that come race day or right after qualifying, his value is, is not going to be at 3,300. So you're going to want to get him now while you can, because I think people are going to get wise to him. Um, on top of everything that I just said, he's finishing or he's, he's currently racing very well. He finished second last week and he led some laps last week. This is after he got into a, a scuffle with Kyle Busch and he came out and he said, I'm going to make Kyle's life a living hell. And his owner, Tony Stewart, he races for Stewart Hot Racing, Stewart Haas Racing, excuse me. And Tony Stewart, I saw an interview with him where he said, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't mind my guys getting into it and speaking their minds, but he better be able to back it up on the racetrack. Those were some strong words. I mean, Tony, Tony Stewart does not mince words. And Almirola did it. So I like it. I like everything that's happening around that 10 car. So I'm throwing money down on Almirola at plus 3,300. Just get him while you can. Get it while it's hot because that number is going to go down come the weekend. So just to recap my picks to win the race this week at Phoenix, I'm going with Chase Elliott at plus 850, Denny Hamlin plus 550, Brad Keselowski plus 1400, and Eric Almarola at plus 3300. Lock it in. Okay, so now we're going to get into some picks to finish in the top 10. And before I pick in some guys that I like, I just have to, to come clean and say I'm, I'm officially done with Jimmy Johnson. I've been riding him uh, throughout these playoffs. I kept saying that, you know, I, I think he's going to bounce back and really show some, some strong finishes through the end of the year to kind of go into 2020 with the right mindset. And this team just cannot figure it out. So if you want to fade me on this, go ahead. But I'm officially out on JJ. He's going to have some good numbers to finish or some good odds to finish in the top 10. Historically, he's been very good here at Phoenix. I mentioned how his driver rating is second best all time. But that's the Jimmy Johnson, the old. I'm, you know, for this next two races, I'm not picking him at all, whether it's a head-to-head matchup, whether it's top 10, whatever the case may be. I'm avoiding the 48 team. They've just burned me. I'm, I'm scorned right now. I, I don't get it. I honestly don't understand it. Hendrick Motorsports, that team, they're going to need to regroup hard. That offseason, if I see Jimmy Johnson gallivanting through Europe this offseason, uh, I'm going to be you know, questioning that dedication because that guy and that team need to be in the shop. No vacation time for the 48 uh, this offseason. They need to be figuring out what's happening to them. Rant over. Done with him. Let's talk about more of a positive note. Kurt Busch won me some money last week. and I'm taking him to finish in the top 10. Well, I'm doing it again this weekend. He's going off at plus 150 to finish in the top 10. And he finished seventh here in the spring. Two of his last three races here, he's finished in the top 10. So I like him a lot. I've been on him, but the value is there. All right. Seven top 10s in the last 10 races at Phoenix. Very good. Very good for any driver. And Kurt Busch, he's kind of faded. You know, he, he's one of those guys who is just blending in. And I, I think the books really haven't had a spotlight on him. So I am all over him, finishing the top 10, mark it down. I think that that is a really good pick. 
The other thing that I like about Kurt Busch this week is a prop bet on best Chevy driver finish. So I mentioned how I like Chase to win the race. But again, we look at these bets in a silo. Uh, Kurt Busch is going off at plus 600 to be the best Chevy in this race. That's good value. Very good value. Plus 600. If something happens with Chase like it did the last couple weeks, I think Kurt is going to be up there. Now, he's going to be competing with the likes of Kyle Larson, another playoff driver, but I'm, I'm not convinced about Larson. Uh, I know he's got some decent numbers here. You know, Larson's eighth all-time with the driver rating at Phoenix, but still, the value for, for Larson to be the best Chevy just isn't there. It was like plus 175, so no thank you. Plus 600, one car, give it to me. Also, top 10. I'm all in on Kurt Busch this week. Love everything about that team from Chip Ganassi Racing. So, uh, Kurt Busch, any way you can get him, put some money down on him. You'll be you'll be happy come Sunday afternoon. The other guy that I'm going to talk about to finish in the top ten, Clint Boyer, going off at plus three fifty to finish in the top ten at this moment. So seven of his last eleven races this year, he's finished in the top ten. So he's hot. He's very hot, and one of those that. He didn't finish in the top 10. He was 11th. So he's right around it. He, he's someone, again, who's kind of slipping below the radar. He made it to a round of the playoffs that he probably didn't think he would make it to. He was in the round of 12. Um, then after that, got knocked out. So he hasn't been in the last couple races. He's just been racing very well for someone that, you know, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think. I, I'm, I typically go against Clint Boyer, to be honest with you. I don't think... I never did think that he was that good uh, in terms of the gambling perspective, but I'm going to take a shot here, plus 350, mark it down. He's been hovering around the top 10 at Phoenix. He had an 11th in the spring. He finished 6th at this race last year. He's got a few 13-place finishes, so he's always hovering around that top 10 threshold. So at plus 350, why not take a shot and you know go ahead and throw some money on the 14? think he just locked up a contract so he's good for next year pressure off he's going to go out and have some fun which Clint Boyer I mean love him or hate him on the racetrack he does have fun off the track um, so all, all good all around mark me down we're gonna be here all day baby I like this kind of party let's get to the head-to-head matchups the driver versus driver matchups for this week I went two for two last week but There is somebody who is just red hot right now. That's Cousin Greg. If you've been following along with his picks, he's been on fire the last like three or four weeks in a row. He's given out a driver to beat somebody else, and he's been dead on. So I'll be damned if we don't have another one this week. And then in a big-time steamer condo pick, you can bet your condo on the Cousin Greg lock of the week is a parlay. We're going to take Joey Logano or Eric Jones in addition to Denny Hamlin or Martin Truex. So, wow. Just wow. The Cousin Greg Lock of the Week has now expanded from a single pick to a parlay. That is ballsy. That is someone who sees the end of the season coming up and knows how hot he is, and he's just trying to cash in while the iron is hot. And I don't hate his picks. I really don't. Looking at them directly here, Logano over Jones. I mean, for some reason, Eric Jones is favored by quite a bit. And Logano's going off as the underdog, plus 
15. So that is a good value pick, a good spot there by Greg. And Jones, I mean, looking at them, yeah, Jones is better finishes recently, but Logano's driver rating is 10th overall. Jones's is not in the top 10. Um, Logano in the playoffs, still trying to point himself in. He's going to be trying to keep the car clean. Jones not in the playoffs, doesn't have as much to to shoot for here. I like it. I mean, it's a value pick, and if you're doing the Cousin Greg parlay, then it would definitely cash you in for more. Looking at the other one, Hamlin over Truex, kind of the same deal. Truex, while he you know is locked in, probably not going to be racing as hard as Denny Hamlin. I know they'll never say that in real life, but I mean... This is the real world, isn't it? I mean, we can see the writing on the wall there. So they're going off at, you know, even minus 115 apiece. So Cousin Greg expanding to a parlay this week. I'll be doing the Cousin Greg parlay lock of the week. Last week, he told you to bet your mortgage on it. And, you know, if you did, well, you've got yourself a paid off house. This year, he threw a little nod to the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, the condo steamer pick. Um, and if you do have a condo out there, well, you would be in business. Lock it in, Cousin Greg, parlay lock of the week. Getting into some of the picks that I like, I'm going to touch on, I've got a matchup uh, regarding both of his winners. So Denny Hamlin versus Logano. That's somebody. That's a matchup that I had picked out before Greg dropped the line to me, and uh, they're both going off at minus 115 I'm taking Denny Hamlin in this matchup. Season series, he's got the edge 17 to 16 on the season. But in the last six races at Phoenix, Denny Hamlin is dominant. Five and one in the last six races against Logano at Phoenix. So I like the 11 team here. Obviously, I like him to win. I like him in the Cousin Greg parlay. I like him against Logano. Um, these two are going, I mean, this is the, the most recent fight, the rivalry. And Logano is 20 points to the good for the championship. Hamlin, 20 points to the bad. So this is the matchup that everyone's going to be looking at to see, you know, who is in and who is out in terms of points. Give me the 11 team at Phoenix. The next one, I wanted to take a look at some of the guys that I'm avoiding this week because I, I do like throwing money on those guys in some way. And it was Harvick versus Kyle Busch. Now, I originally wanted to take Harvick, but... Looking at the numbers, Kyle Busch has been better here recently. Now, Harvick has the same season edge that Denny has over Logano. Harvick's up 17-16 on Kyle on the season, which was a little bit of a shock to me, but uh, it is what it is. So in the last seven races, though, Kyle Busch is 5-2, and two, including a couple wins against Harvick, and uh, that's something that I just can't ignore. Now, if you go further back, Harvick ends up, you know, taking the the edge. If you go back about ten or twelve races, Harvick does take over seven to five in the last twelve. But I'm looking more recent, and Kyle Busch definitely has this racetrack figured out, especially since the reconfiguration. Uh, so if they're both going off even money, like I said, Kyle Busch, I, I need to throw money on him with Harvick being locked in and everything. Just same thing we said about Truex. Give me Kyle on this one. Uh, lock it in 18 over the four. Next one I'm going to be looking at is a, a weird one Matt DiBenedetto versus Ryan Newman. So I wanted to take some guys that we haven't really talked about in a while. They're both going off at minus 115 right now. They're both 
plus 10,000 to win this race. And yeah, that's just crazy. Crazy numbers. I mean, they're not going to do it. Newman won this race uh, a few years back. It was the spring race, and it locked him into the playoffs that year. This race has, you know, produced some some wonky winners. I mean, you got Newman, you got Matt Kenseth, Dale Jr. popped in a win towards the end of his career. Casey Kane won here randomly, you know, when it was the the chase and he wasn't in the chase, driving the the four car for Red Bull Racing. So, it's got some some wonky winners. Um, I don't think we're going to get one of these this time. But if we're talking about these two head to head, DeBetadetto versus Newman, they're both going off at even money right now. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Newman has dominated this head-to-head matchup in their careers. They've been racing against each other on the same track at Phoenix nine times. Newman, eight and one against Matty D. Lock me in for Newman. Give it to me all day. And the one that DiBenedetto beat him, Newman crashed and finished dead last. Matty D finished 20th. So give me Ryan Newman in this one. It seems like an absolute layup. That's a lock. Um... So throw that into your your parlay and make it even better numbers. The last head-to-head matchup that I have for you, it's the the Battle of the Buddies. Two guys who are below the cut line. They're fighting. It's Chase versus Blaney. Best friends in real life. Close friends in real life, I should say. I'm going to go with Chase over Blaney in this one. Chase has the advantage on the season, 18-15. And he's also got the advantage at Phoenix, 5-2 over Blaney in their seven races here. This is, I guess, more about the fact that I don't really trust Blaney, to be honest with you. His numbers aren't great at Phoenix, and we talked all about how Chase has decent numbers here. They're both in a position where they're going to need to win if they're going to advance to the championship. I think Chase has a real chance to be in the championship. I I know that's weird compared to Blaney. Um, I think Chase could do some damage if he made it to Homestead and, and be a thorn in their sides, but... For this head-to-head matchup, I, I got to go with Chase just because I think that that team right now is a better team than the 12. They've been a better team all year long, so lock it in. Chase over Blaney at Phoenix. So just to recap my head-to-head picks, I've got Denny over Logano. I've got Kyle Busch over Harvick. Ryan Newman over Matt DiBenedetto. And Chase Elliott over Ryan Blaney. And then just to recap, the cousin Greg parlay lock of the week he's got logano over eric jones and hamlin over truex so in the phil's fired up section this week we're going to be talking about the different sports books and how they stack up against each other in terms of actually betting on nascar because that's what we're talking about every week is betting on the races, and I need a vehicle that's going to get that job done for me. You know what I mean? I don't need books. I'm not signing up for a a sports book to throw money down on matchups that I don't like or not have the availability that some of these other ones might have. So I've got four that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to rank them one through four, or we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. But before I do that, I just need a, a quick PSA. So there still is out there, there's a site called Five Dimes, and actually Cousin Greg belonged to that for a while. He still might. And Five Dimes is an offshore site. It's you know quasi-legal, I guess you could say. Um, it's not like these other books that are officially you know legal in the United States. 
But five dimes, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with the, the quasi-legal slash illegal books, you might be able to get some of the, the more fun bets to bet on at this point that we're kind of hoping the, you know, onshore books get to eventually. But I've been with uh, Cousin Greg using that site where he's had the ability to bet on, you know, the, the, the car number of the winning driver and, you know, just random types of bets that are very fun, um, like odd or even, um, very strange stuff. So that stuff is on par with what you kind of see with betting on NFL and college football, where you've got random prop bets that are available in those sports and not available in NASCAR. Well, Five Dimes has something, you know, to that extent, not all the way up and not all the way up to the craziness of football, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. There's a little bit more when you're dealing with some of these offshore sites. Now, let's take a look at the, the four books that I have signed up for uh, in the past, and I've been monitoring their you know, NASCAR odds week to week. So I've got a pretty good sense of what is worth signing up for and what's not. And the, the ones we're going to talk about are FanDuel, DraftKings, Sugar House, and Fox Bet. So let's start at the bottom. And I think my, I might surprise some people with the one I'm going to rank dead last, and that's FanDuel. FanDuel right now is dominating the market. So um, if you're in a state where sports betting is legal, then you're probably in a state that FanDuel is legal, and you're probably bombarded with commercials. FanDuel, their marketing campaign is you know through the roof. Um, they just don't have anything on NASCAR. So when you look all through the week, the lines for NASCAR come out on Tuesday, and FanDuel doesn't get the lines until probably Friday afternoon or maybe even after qualifying. So you can't even place a bet most of the time in FanDuel until the, the qualifying is complete and they have the, the full picture. Makes no sense to me why this is the case. I've actually reached out to them in the past and said, hey, you know, what's the deal here? Why can't I bet on NASCAR? And they don't really have an answer. They gave me that their back end engine just doesn't support it until later in the week. It's very frustrating because when you're looking at, you know, the other books, when it's available, you would think that the the book that is the most dominant right now on the market would have those options, even if there's not a lot of them. And even when they do get the NASCAR bets, it's very slim. It's really just odds to win. And then sometimes you get some bets head to head, maybe a few hours before the race starts. So it's very frustrating uh, as a user. And you would only hope that, you know, as they get more and more legal across the country, FanDuel, and as NASCAR gets, you know, more into the, the gambling game, I would think that FanDuel would expand on that because they have all the infrastructure there um, to do well. But they're, they're lacking right now, and that's why they're fourth on my list. Third would be Fox Bet for only one simple reason, and that is I see more potential out of them than I do with FanDuel. So they must be using the same engine that, or the same back-end odd makers that FanDuel is because they are pretty much dead even whenever FanDuel has their odds up, Fox Bet gets their odds together. It, it, they're also very delayed 
they barely have it. You know, right now I'm recording this on a on a Wednesday that they still don't have their odds up for the week. So the one reason I'm ranking it ahead of FanDuel is because they're connected with Fox. And I am hoping, I'm sitting here, fingers crossed, praying that come Daytona 500 season, Fox, the network that it will be on for the first half of the season, will get their shit together and really go all in on NASCAR since they're covering it. NASCAR is a huge part of Fox's brand. And I'm hoping that as this Fox bet situation sort of gets its feet underneath of itself, by the time February rolls around, betting on NASCAR through Fox Bet would be, you know, pretty good. And they'll have more options and they'll have them earlier. So you might be able to see some of the crazy prop bets that you get um, on maybe the offshore sites closer to the amount of prop bets you see for football, which would make it more fun. So my, I'm hoping, hoping, I'm ranking them third because I'm hoping Fox Bet comes alive. Second, uh, we have Sugar House. And Sugar House is what I've used most of the time now, uh, betting in Pennsylvania. So Sugar House might not be available in a lot of other states, uh, but you know it could be coming in the, the near future. Sugar House is a, a lower level book compared to the Fanduels and, and DraftKings of the world. I like Sugar House because they get the odds early. And they have a lot of the head-to-head matchups that I'm looking for. Um, so when the odds come out for Sugar House, they, they have the odds to win. And then later that day, the, the head-to-head matchups come out. Um, along with the odds to win, they automatically come out with the, the prop bets for best finishing uh, driver in a manufacturer. So best Toyota, best Chevy, etc. And they also have best manufacturer. So all of that comes out when the odds are released early in the week, which is great to see. And, you know, later that day, the head-to-head matchups do come out and then they expand on them. They update their odds as the week goes on. It You see how the public is betting and they do reflect that in their odds. They don't wait until after qualifying or before the race. Now, just like the others uh, who come alive closer to the race, Sugar House does the same thing and you'll see, you know, better odds or more odds to bet on things like top five finishes, top 10 finishes, um, more head-to-head matchups, things like that. Now, the reason I'm ranking it second is because their user interface is pathetic. Um, Just very tough to use overall. Their customer service is very good, but their user interface right now, uh, it's, it's wonky at best. If you're in Jersey, you're actually able to use their app. But if you're in Pennsylvania or any of the other States that it supports, you actually have to click on the button. It takes you into your browser on your phone. Not great. Not a fan of that. So I'm ranking them second to the number one book that I enjoy, and that's DraftKings. DraftKings has the same engine or same backend odds makers that Sugar House has. They, they're dead on, dead even. But DraftKings UI is just through the roof. It's the best, and they are becoming more and more legal. They've got the same reach that FanDuel does. And if you're a NASCAR fan, you want to put money in on the races, and you're deciding whether to go with FanDuel or DraftKings because you know they are in more of the country than these other ones that I've talked about, go with DraftKings because you're going to have a much cleaner user experience than FanDuel. I think you know looking at the both both of their UIs, I think the the DraftKings experience is much nicer than FanDuel. 
and there you get the same odds that I just mentioned with Sugar House available with DraftKings early. Before I was actually able to use DraftKings in Pennsylvania, I would still go to their book to get the odds so that because it was so much easier to get to than the Sugar House site, even though I was using Sugar House to actually place the bets. Um, so now that DraftKings is legal in PA, they're expanding in Jersey and West Virginia and New York and other states. Um, it'll be you know nationwide before you know it. And that is right now the leading book in terms of gambling on the sport of NASCAR. I'm hoping that they expand as well. I'm hoping in the off season, a lot of these books take a, a big step forward for the Daytona 500. But uh, if you're looking to put some money in on an account right now, go with DraftKings. So just to recap, I got FanDuel 4th. Fox bet third based on the potential there with the network. Sugar House is currently second. And DraftKings is the number one sports book I see in my eyes right now for gambling on NASCAR. So that's going to do it for another episode of Full Tank with Phil. We're going to Phoenix. We're going to stay hot. Keep picking the winner of this race. I'm loving the head-to-head matchups. And I'm obviously loving the Cousin Greg Parlay Lock of the Week. So we have a really good chance with all this information that we're throwing your way. I really think that we have a good chance going into Homestead, the last race of the year, with a big pot of money and going hard next week in Miami. So go out, place those bets early, and we will see you next week for the championship preview. See you next time. Go. Hell no place to go.